Something that needs to be said is not being said. Something that needs to come out. Something that needs to be noticed is not being given voice to in that relationship. Or if it's a general sense in your life, then it's something in your life that you are not giving voice to within yourself. Hey, hey, this is Dr. Kavita Sun. Welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. This podcast is about emotions, psychology, and relationships. Every week, I'll be sharing real-life tools to help you build self-awareness, a better relationship with yourself, and more fulfilling relationships with the people that matter to you. Listen, this is the foundation on which the rest of your life is built. So let's take the time to get it right. I'll see you on the inside. Hello, my dear podcast peoples. How are you guys doing? Happy Thursday. So, so, so good to connect with you guys. Oh my gosh. I love, people are, you guys are the best. I have to say, you guys are sending questions. You guys are sending me text messages. (laughs) I love it. I had given my phone number out um, a couple of episodes ago. Actually, I'm going to give it out again right now. It is 860-656-8672. That is my personal cell phone number. I know it's crazy that I'm actually giving that out on a public podcast, but what can I say? I'm crazy. Um, I want to connect with you. I want to actually have real meaningful conversations with you, and it's actually my cell phone number. Okay? So text me. Say hi. Send me questions. Give me feedback. Anything and everything I would be grateful for. So listen, I've had a question swirling around in my head since this morning, and it's been um, cooking, shall we say, marinating (laughs) in my brain spaces all day. And it finally sort of crystallized into some words, and I was so excited that I just, I was driving and I've just parked in a parking lot in order to record this because I wanted to share those words with you guys. This is something that I've shared in uh, more minor ways with clients and our people who come through our Helio Relationships um, program, which is my baby and my brainchild and um, where I spend most of my time and attention. And so anything that gets asked inside the HYR program, I put a lot of thought into. And this question has come up in the past and I've shared my thoughts on it, but for some reason, It's coming up more and more. And whenever that happens in my life, when I notice a question popping up more and more, it means that my psyche, at least this is what I've come to realize about myself, is that my psyche is wanting to go deeper in that. That's why it's noticing those questions more, you know? So the question that I've been getting a lot is, what happens, what do we do when we're in a relationship right? That feels just sort of blah. 
that feels boring, that feels distant. And like you don't have much in common with this person anymore. And you're not sure that you find them interesting or exciting or you don't feel drawn to really want to spend that much time with them. But you are bound to them in some way. Maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your sister, maybe it's your, you know, colleague that you used to be close to, or maybe it's the person that you are in a romantic partnership with. Maybe it's a co-parent, right? Um, Which you're not in a romantic partnership anymore, but it is a relationship that you're going to have to negotiate in your life, at least until your kids go to college. So there's so many relationships that will continue to be in your life and will have seasons where you feel closer and then seasons when things feel hard and there's a lot of push and pull and then some seasons that just feel blah and dead for lack of a better term. And I've been getting this question a lot, like how do we um, restore or revive vitality and aliveness and realness and connection and interest in a relationship that just feels boring because you're sort of stuck in this place between a rock and a hard place because to revive this relationship, you have to put energy and effort and attention, but because you find that relationship boring right now, you don't want to put that energy and attention and effort, right? So it's like chasing your own tail. You want that feeling back, but you want it to sort of happen first. You want the feeling first before you're willing to then put in the effort. (laughs) And we get stuck in that. And I get it. Like I, I have been in that space in many of my relationships, um, off and on some romantic, many not. And yet it is a, uh, universal conundrum in many relationships as to how to navigate this space. So I wanted to share my thoughts on that because some of you may be experiencing that as well. Sometimes it's a relationship with yourself, by the way, where your life just feels blah, right? Everything. It's not just a relationship. Just work feels blah. You know, you go through the motions of parenting. You go through the motions of, you know, watching Netflix with your partner or spouse or even being intimate with them, but it all just feels mechanical and uh, something that you do without much involvement or thought, right? Nothing seems to evoke awe or joy or um, butterflies anymore, right? So it may be your relationship with yourself if you're feeling that sort of more general, but sometimes we're feeling that in one relationship too. And the thing that I want to share with you is whenever you are feeling this, there is some sort of lack of integrity there, okay? Something that needs to be said is not being said. Something that needs to come out something that needs to be noticed is not being given voice to in that relationship 
Or if it's a general sense in your life, then it's something in your life that you are not giving voice to within yourself. Okay? So to make this a little bit more tangible, let's talk about a time when I felt this. Okay. So immediately, I mean, this has happened to me a few times, but immediately um, the image that came into my mind right now is me walking down the streets of Boston uh, while I was doing my fellowship there. That was 2009, 10, and 11. Okay. I was uh, doing a fellowship in child and psychiatry at Children's Hospital in Boston. Amazing place, amazing city, and I felt dead. Okay. I would harness all of my energy to uh, get through and focus at work. And I, I was very good at the training itself, the training program, the fellowship that I was engaged in. I was very good while I was there. But anything extra, anything that wasn't structured, right, where I just had to, you know, drop down my defenses and show myself, right, even if it's just a casual social situation, I would run away from, okay? So if there were lectures and if there was presentations and if there was case studies and if there was, um, you know, uh, rounds, patient rounds, or grand rounds, or anything structured, I excelled at. Anything unstructured, I was a hot mess. I was disorganized. I would forget things. I would just not show up. I would run away even when I did remember. Um, and when I say run away, I would just sort of disappear. Sometimes just spacing out somewhere, right? And so... If I look at look back at that time, it wasn't just in the hospital, even though it was more prominent there because there were more um, things required of me and expected of me in that setting. So when I struggled, it was more obvious. But this malaise, if you will, <laughs> followed me everywhere. Because even outside of the hospital, I didn't have energy or interest to socialize, even when I was talking to someone, my mind was wandering. Um, I would go for a walk and would be on, you know, in walking Beacon Hill, which is one of the most beautiful neighborhoods in Boston. Or I'd be, you know, um, enjoying some of the best food that I've ever put in my mouth at one of the best restaurants in Boston. And I just I could take it or leave it, you know, just kind of blah. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't sad. I wasn't crying. I was going on a walk. I was going out to meet people. I was going to restaurants, but I just flatlined, you know, it's the best way I can put it. Nothing excited me too much. Uh, nothing really depressed me that much. I just was plain vanilla blahness okay and if I think back to when that changed when that improved I would say and I didn't even realize why that was happening 
I only vaguely realized that it was happening in the first place. I certainly didn't have an idea of why it was happening because if I did, I would have done something about it. It wasn't a comfortable feeling. I mean, who doesn't want to feel alive and interested and awed and inspired and connected to people? Like all of us want to live a life that is exciting and fun. So if I could have and I knew the solution, I would have done it already. I didn't even know I had the problem or I should say I vaguely knew, but I certainly didn't know why I was having it. But I can, I realized it when I felt better. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I really spent the last couple of years feeling flatlined. And so when that changed was when I came out at my workplace. So I finished my fellowship, got a job and my first That was my first actual job, right, as an attending physician. And at my job, I came out um, and just introduced myself as gay to everybody, to my colleagues, my coworkers, my staff, my team. Like, it was just part of who I was, you know. If someone asked oh, do you have family around? Are you partnered? Are you married? Or do you have a special someone? I would just say, no, um, my girlfriend, so-and-so, or my ex-girlfriend, so-and-so. And I just said it like you would say your name or you would say if you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? It seems so um, easy and simple now, but I can tell you during the two years that I was in two and a half years I was in fellowship in Boston, I did not clearly to everybody come out as gay. Isn't that fascinating? The other thing is, for some reason, for a long time in my life, I um, I didn't lie about it, but I didn't, I sort of covered up and, um, how do I say, uh, I, I I sort of uh, changed the details of how my mom died, okay? My mom died by suicide. She, she ended her own life. And I, some, for some reason, I had a really hard time admitting to that. Even when someone else was admitting to something of that nature, in their own family or in someone that they knew and loved, even then I had a hard time. I I really struggled with even, um, I hadn't processed that really inside my own heart. So saying that out loud felt uh, like I was exposing myself too much and then it would flood me with all these feelings that I hadn't processed of when she died and the day she died and all the things that happened just before and just after. I just wasn't ready for all that. And also I had this irrational fear that you couldn't be a psychiatrist and then admit that your mom had ended her life by suicide, which seems so silly now to think, why not? Why did I struggle to admit to that? But somehow back then I had this idea that uh, that would make me not a good enough psychiatrist if I had that happen in my own family or some such thing. Anyway, I had all these uh, beliefs that kept me trapped and kept me living a half life, 
You know, I was only half myself at work and with other people. There were important parts of me and truths that I was holding back. And wouldn't you know, the minute I stopped doing that, the minute I just blurted out, yes, my mom, you know, she, she committed suicide. She died. Um, she ended her own life. And I was 17 then, and it was a horrific time. And there was trauma before and there was trauma after that. And uh, I have two younger siblings and we all struggled so much. And when I just like said that, because that's what happened and that's the reality of it. And not just saying it, but the act of saying it means that I was owning who I was with no, um, no apology. But it wasn't also a, how do I say, it wasn't uh, um, arrogant sharing but nor was it a apologetic sharing. It was just matter of fact, you know? I just said that, same thing. I just shared my sexuality as everybody shares their life, you know? No one comes up to you and says, hello, I am Adam and I am heterosexual, right? But he also doesn't hide if he has a girlfriend or a wife or whatever, right? In that way, when I just started being me, unapologetically and just matter of factly, my joy and aliveness in my day-to-day life suddenly came back. What do we gather from this, right? This has happened to me so many times in so many different ways. You'd think that it's just the big things. I mean, I'm sharing with you big things that I was hiding. But I'm telling you, if you're feeling that in your life or in a relationship, it may not be a huge thing that you're hiding. But it may be some important whisper of a truth that you either are not listening to within yourself because you're scared of what it's saying or you've heard it but for some reason you haven't opened it up and blurted it out and spoken the truth in that relationship or out to the world. When we are not speaking truth, radical honesty. Radical does not mean harsh, by the way, okay? I don't mean just saying, okay, I just need to tell you you're a jerk, right? That's not radical honesty, right? Radical honesty sounds more like, hey, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm noticing that I'm staying longer and longer at work instead of coming home. In fact, I think I'm avoiding coming home. And it just feels distant and awkward. And um, I miss what we had. And I don't know what to do with where I'm at right now. And I just wanted to put that on the table and hear how you're doing and whether you're picking up on that or maybe you're having a different experience, right? See the radical honesty in that? It needs to be said, whatever that thing is, okay? Maybe you need to say to 
your spouse that you're having certain sexual fantasies that need to be aired. Maybe you saw a text between your spouse and somebody else. Maybe as your spouse and his mom or, you know, it doesn't have to be an inappropriate text, but just a text that uh, rubbed you the wrong way and you've been holding on to it or dismissing it in your head. It could be something small. It could also be something to do with your own truth. Like, I am starting to realize that I picked the wrong profession, even though I'm the, you know, a main breadwinner or, you know, we need my salary for our family. I am starting to lose my sense of self and my soul in this job. I just, I need to say that and put it out there, right? Whatever this thing is, first, you need to learn how to sit with yourself in solitude, not sit with yourself browsing on your phone. Sit with yourself in uncomfortable solitude and just let these things come to you. Sometimes nothing will come to you for like 20 whole minutes and it'll feel like 20 hours and it'll feel very uncomfortable. But just letting these things bubble up because we've covered it up with a lot of distraction, right? Letting these things bubble up and journaling. Um, one of the things that I like to do is once in a few months, I like to go and take an Airbnb for a day and a half or so and or two days and just be by myself with a journal. I go on walks. I let things bubble. I journal them. Even if you can't do that for a day and a half, if you can take an hour once a month, a couple of hours once a month to sit or go for a walk and just let things come up and journal them so that you can find out why is it that you are dampening all feelings. Because when we don't speak certain feelings, all feelings get dampened. That's the only way we know to survive is to push, pull back all emotions so that certain emotions don't come up when we're, when we're not processing them, right? Like in my example, I didn't want the discomfort of having to face what happened when my mom passed. And so I was dampening all emotion in order not to feel that emotion. It's the same for you. When you are dampening something so that you don't have to face your own truth, you will feel dead and blah, and everything will just feel like a black and white sepia toned all of life, right? Sometimes in a relationship, there's a truth that you're not speaking, which makes that relationship boring and just dull. So think about what that is for you and take some time. Don't take the first thought that comes up. Let it simmer and let the deeper things come up and journal it to get to the deeper truth. Keep asking yourself, why is that? Oh, is that what I'm feeling? Okay, why is that? And keep coming to something until you hit on something that's surprising to you and has not been shared in that relationship yet. That is what will enliven that relationship and bring it back to realness. All right, my friends, I hope that was helpful. Please text me, let me know, and please give us a review if you haven't already so we can share the podcast with other people. Love you, love you, love you. Bye-bye. If this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to me if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to do one or all of these three things. First, can you follow or subscribe to Emotional Mastery? Following the podcast helps you because you'll never miss an episode and it helps us because you'll never miss an episode. 
So to do this, just go to the Emotional Mastery Show page on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tap on the plus sign on the top right corner or click on the button that says follow. This is the most important thing for the podcast to reach more people. And while you're there, if you'd be willing to give us a five-star rating and a review and share an episode you love with a friend, I'd be so grateful. We appreciate you very, very much. Thank you.